2020, episode 29. Have 2020 Vision with Eye on 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, it is Ray Eaton, your host on ION2020, the place that you've been coming, the news source you've been coming to on a daily basis to find all of the information, all of the news, all of the related events to the 2020 election. I appreciate you coming out and listening to me today, tuning in your ears, because that is what I need is lots and lots of listeners so that we can get all the words out on who are these candidates, what do they represent, what are they thinking, what on earth is going through their minds as they're deciding to run for you know, the president of the United States. Do they really want a job like that? I don't know, but these Democrats, they're getting all wild-eyed, getting crazy, talking about Donald Trump. I mean, they've been doing it since the day that he got elected. They've been doing it since he started running for president. Back in 2016, they are just on him on a daily basis, and everyone is just lining up, ready to run against Donald Trump, thinking that they are going to change the world, change the way things are done in Washington. But one thing we all know is that change is very hard to get done in Washington. Everyone runs on change, right? Barack Obama ran on change. But these people, they are lining up because they think that Donald Trump is just the worst president ever. Um, they just disagree with him on everything, even when he t- even the Democrats take a <clears throat> take a anti or a pro-war stance against this guy, just because he's been taking an anti-war stance in a lot of ways uh, on a lot of these endless wars that we have. Now I can't give him credit for everything because he is supporting this thing in Yemen and all that, but you know these Democrats they are lining up. So here you are, you're listening to me. And I'm going to give you all the great news, all of the events, all of the uh, the things that are happening as we move forward to 2020 and into November of 2020 when they finally get to, uh, you know, put their guy up against Donald Trump, their guy or gal, let's be politically correct, I guess, their guy or gal in front of uh, Donald Trump to see who the voters are going to vote for. Go ahead, while you got a second, if you can, go ahead and subscribe to this show. If this is your first time listening, I appreciate you coming out and listening. Um, Subscribe to the show. Share it with your friends. Give me that five-star rating and the review if you'd like. If you want to follow me, I got a a Twitter handle that is at IonTheEmpire. And there is where I'm posting a lot of different information that I come across from an anti-war standpoint, from the political standpoint. I retweet some of the good tweets that these candidates are talking, are sending out. I retweet some of the bad things that they're, with some commentary as well. So just follow me there. That's at Ion2020, or excuse me, at Ion the Empire. And like I said, thank you so much. And if the first thing, if you can do that is um, 
subscribe to the show because I think that's the most important thing that shows that I'm getting more listeners. And I am every single day, every time I post another uh, podcast in the morning, by the end of the day, uh, the numbers are jumping up higher and higher. So I, you know, I appreciate all of you listening today. I think I'm just going to jump right into the show now because I was co- I came across uh, some stuff about Tulsi Gabbard, and I guess she uh, she went out and decided to announce her candidacy, you know, last weekend. It was uh, the first weekend of February, so she announced her candidacy the first weekend of February, and uh, she her her policy and I, I I or not her policy but. The thing that she's running on, the thing that she's making, the forefront of her campaign, and you can see it within her Twitter, uh, whenever she's posting on Twitter, you can see it, that the forefront of her campaign is the anti-interventionist foreign policy, a foreign policy of peace, um, and getting out of these endless wars, right? Um, even she's against the, the thing that's going on in Yemen, she's spoken out against anything that's going on in Syria from the very beginning. I think she even met with uh, the Syrian president uh, a couple of years ago, and you know she's just she's one of those people that is trying to make peace in the world. That's what she's been talking about. And I was reading an article this morning about this when she came out. She did. And you know how these 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 people are, right? As soon as they announce, they're going to go on all the news shows. They're going to be on MSNBC, CB, CBS, ABC. They're going to be doing, you know, Good Morning America, the whole nine yards. They're going to get on Fox and Friends if they can, even. I, I mean, I don't know if she went on Fox and Friends. I don't know if she went on Fox News. But, you know, MSNBC should have been a friendly environment for her. But what we find is that MSNBC, and we found this out, you know, they're, they're totally in support of every time there's a war. I mean, they're the ones that said that when Donald Trump bombed Syria a couple years ago in 2017 that that was his first presidential move and it's sickening absolutely sickening but she should have had a friendly environment at MSNBC and she did not Tulsi Gabbard went on there and they challenged her left and right on the fact that she is you know against foreign intervention in all these countries and I just wanted to get into the news article specifically that I was reading Uh, It was more of a blog, but I'll, you know, let me jump right into that. So I found the article on lourockwell.com, and it is by Caitlin Johnstone, and it's uh, caitlinjohnstone.com, I guess is where they found the article at, and it's from February 8th, 2019. Tulsi Gabbard is driving the MSM bat crap crazy, I will not say the real world. It says, when Tulsi Gabbard announced her plans to run in the 2020 presidential election, I predicted that it would disrupt war propaganda narratives and force a much-needed conversation about U.S. interventionism. But I didn't realize that it would happen so quickly and so explosively. Gabbard officially began her campaign for president a mere three days ago, and already she's become the front line upon which the debate about U.S. warmongering is happening. Even if you oppose Gabbard's run for presidency, this should be self-evident to you by now. <clears throat> yes, so she she has declared that she's going to be an anti-war candidate, and they just went after her hard right off the bat. So it it is shown on she was on the MSNBC show Morning Joe, and it was hosted by Joe Scarabaro, 
and uh, it says, and she says, or excuse me, the article says, it should be more be here be noted since we're talking about war propaganda that in 2009 Scarborough turned down an easy run for the U.S. Senate because he decided he could have more influence on public policy as the host of Morning Joe than he could have as one of the hundred U.S. senators, which tells you everything you need to know about why I focus on U.S. mass media propaganda more on that than I do on politics or on the U.S. politics. It should also be noted that his co-host is the daughter of the late Carter administration cold warrior Zygmunt Brzezinski, I, I can't pronounce that, whose influential ideas about U.S. world domination, arming extremist factions, and so forth, you know, it was part of um, United States foreign policy. So then she goes on, so they go on. Morning Joe's pile-on against Gabbard began with the subject of Sy- when Syria, the subject of Syria came up, and panelist Casey Hunt instantly began losing her stuff. Do you think Assad is our enemy? Hunt interrupted Gabbard during Gabbard's response to a question about her meeting with Syria's president. And then she responds, Assad is not the enemy of the United States because Syria does not pose a direct threat to the United States. Let me get, jump in here and get away from the article. So, when you type in, and go ahead and do it if you'd like, type in Tulsi Gabbard, uh, MSNBC Morning Joe, and if you go through every single article that was written about that, that is the headline, that Tulsi Gabbard does not think that uh, that Assad is an enemy of the Amer- of America, right? Now, just because uh, just because the president or somebody in our country, the Congress or whoever, declares Assad as an enemy, does not mean that that person's an enemy of America, right? That man, that I mean, and she says it straight up that he is not a direct threat. Syria does not pose a direct threat to America, and it's true. But they all, the politicians always want to keep Americans scared, right? And also, the news media has to keep Americans scared, so they keep on tuning in. It's in their benefit, right? So when she goes against the narrative, that's, I mean, she's challenging the status quo. And, uh, and they're going to challenge her on that. So that's what they do. So let me jump in and quote, What do you say to Democratic voters who watched you go over there and what do you say to military members who have been deployed repeatedly in Assyria, pushing back against Assad? Hunt replied, somehow believing that U.S. soldiers are in Syria fighting against the Syrian government, which would probably come as a shock to the troops who've been told they are there to defeat ISIS, end quote. So yeah, this person uh, that was challenging her was trying to make it a saying that the American troops are over there fighting against Assad when they're not. They're fighting against Syria. But that's not that's not the headline of all of these art of all these people that are writing articles about this. It's that she said that Assad is not an enemy of the United States. So not that MSNBC is bringing idiots onto the show that have no understanding of of the foreign policy in Syria, and then they're going to challenge her on it. So then. Um, this, so um, let's go get back to the article. Quote, this is such an embarrassing look at the state of corporate, Amer- of corporate American regime, regime media, tweeted journalist Marx, Max Blumenthal. At Casey doesn't know the most basic facts about Syria, along with the smug co-host, doesn't even care to learn. End quote. And that's from Max Blumenthal, and that's what he tweeted 
uh, in, reg- in regards to this uh, interview. So Scarborough and Gabbard went, uh, went back and forth about this stupid nonsensical question this guy says in the article uh, before the co-host interjects. So what would you say he is to the United States if you cannot say that he's an adversary or an enemy? What is Assad to the U.S.? What is the word? And then Tulsi Gabbard, you can describe it however you want to describe it, Gabbard responded, explaining that whether a nation is adversarial or not comes down to whether or not they are working against U.S. interests. Quote, then Hunt asks, are Assad's interests aligned with ours? Gabbard says, what are Assad's interests? Question mark. Assad seems interested primarily in the slaughter of his own people, Hunt replied. And then Scarborough says, survival. And then he's trying to um, interject to make uh, Hunt sound better. That's what the article says. And then Gabbard says, you know there are people who will watch this, have heard your previous, or excuse me, they're, they're saying this to Gabbard, I, I apologize. You know there are people who will watch this who have heard your previous comments, who will wonder what's going on here. Why you met with Assad? Why it looks like you were very cozy with Assad, and why you've sort of taken his side in this argument, what would you say to that? Do you think that Assad is a good person? Your hometown paper said that you should focus on your job and talked about your presidential campaign being in disarray. How would you respond to your hometown paper? And they just went on and on with just crazy questions saying that she's linked to Russia. That I mean, they just tried to beat this lady up. And it's all because they have to go after her on the attack because she is challenging the status quo, right? And if you get, like, like I said before, if you get into Newsweek, if you get into Washington Post, all of these people when they report on this interview don't get at the fact that msnbc is blatantly trying to rationalize war but they're just saying that tulsi gabbard says that that the um that assad is not an enemy of america and that's it and it just blows my mind that they are going to get um that they are so biased in their interview but actually it doesn't blow my mind because it's something that um we all know I mean, anytime that there's any type of war drums being beat, MSNBC is right there next to Fox News beating those drums. And now, and now it's even crazy that you have commentators on Fox News that are anti-war. I mean, look at Tucker, Tucker Carlson. He's, on, he's in there saying that we shouldn't be involved in all these wars, but we shouldn't be involved in Syria. That is not good for America to be there. And... What, what has happened? That's my wonder. What has happened when we have such a flip-flop from the, the Republicans being the anti-war party, it seems like to me, with Donald Trump? But you know what? Donald Trump has such a per- powerful personality that he's changed. I don't know if he's changed a lot of these people's views, but he's directed the narrative away from you know, this, this war stance towards a more anti, anti-war foreign policy which is good, anti-interventionist foreign policy, which is good. Maybe it'll change some minds, but a lot of those people are just along with him for the ride. They're not really thinking out their philosophies very well. They're not ideologues, right? So they just kind of go with what they're told to do. That's just the way a lot of people are, and that's fine. At least the message is getting out there in some ways. But I really do respect Tulsi Gabbard. I've said this a hundred times in the past, that she's making 
the anti-foreign intervention, this anti-war message, this message of peace as the centerpiece of her campaign. I praise her for it, and I think that it's going to be very, very good for the Democrats to have somebody like that on the stage. She'll probably get 30 to 60 seconds per um, per debate to speak, just like Ron Paul did in the Republican debate. But she's going to be the one voice that's an anti-war voice, and that's good. And she can articulate that message very well, and I'm and I'm very glad that she's doing that. It just this it it's a, it just seems to me that as soon as somebody takes an anti-war stance that tries to disrupt the narrative, the narrative that's out there, they just get attacked, attacked, attacked from the establishment. And it sickens me that that's the case. But you know what? She's still out there. She's still standing strong. <clears throat> She's still fighting the good fight. And that's all we could hope for, right? So I don't throw my support behind candidates. That's not what I do for this podcast. Um, I, I'm not going to support a candidate because I'm not going to vote. I typically would not vote anyway because, you know, from my libertarian, from my, I might vote for a libertarian if it was, if it was the right person, but to get me to go out and vote, you know, to have that one voice, that's not going to be the case. But the one thing is, is that I will be honest with you about these candidates. I know Tulsi Gabbard is good on the war issue. I also know that she's very bad on economic issues, and that is my challenge with her. But she's not making economic issues the forefront of her campaign. She's making the foreign policy the centerpiece of her campaign. And I think that that is a winning issue for her. It's going to help her to get a lot of grassroots people behind her. And that's going to propel her to be one of the top candidates. And I know that's true from the Democratic side. And that's a good thing from the but on the social issues on the domestic issues on the um the economic issues i know that she has a lot of socialist leanings and so forth she's from hawaii um she believes in lots of government intervention and i wish that there was a way to convince people when they get older of different a different way a more a, a when the, if the government is so bad intervening in other countries, then what makes you think that intervening in the economy is going to be any better, right? Is going to have better outcomes. It's not. But you know what? I'm not here to preach to her. She's obviously not listening to my show. You are. And uh, I appreciate you coming out and listening every day I do. I'm going to keep on putting these things out Monday through Friday for you uh, until... November of 2020, I'm going to keep on bringing you all the news, all the events, all the things that are going on with regards to this 2020 election cycle, and uh, keep on coming out and listening. Go ahead while you got a second, I always say this in the beginning and the end, go ahead and subscribe to my podcast. Just, you know, look down at your iPhone or your uh, Android phone, push that subscribe button if you can, and uh, share it with your friends. Give me a five-star rating. Give me a review. And I am going to help you to have clear vision for the 2020 election. 2020 vision is what you'll have 
when you look at these candidates. So keep on coming back and we will help to make your eyesight clear on these candidates. Have a great day.